This is a small city. Just north of the big city. Built on brickyards, factories, and small businesses. With a rich history and strong roots. And this is a podcast. That serves to tell our story. Share our experience. And celebrate our community. This. This. Is Beacon. On this episode, Zach Rogers of the Beaconites podcast stops by. We get into his journey and what led him to Beacon. We discuss what's changed during his time here, as well as all things podcasting. Without further ado, this is Zach. Welcome back, everybody, to This is Beacon. This is Brooke. This is Ruben. This is Brandon. And today we have a great guest who, you know, um, he's going he's gonna to let you know a little bit about himself. But what's super exciting is that he does exactly what we do so we can kind of chit-chat about all things uh, podcasting. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? All right. Well, thank you so much for having me, Brooke, Ruben, Brandon. Really excited to come on your podcast. I love I Am Beacon. I love uh, This Is Beacon podcast. My name is Zach Rogers. I am- Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, please. (laughs) Those are all your listeners. There's a lot of them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I am. uh, I'm the host and publisher of the Beaconites podcast, um, which is uh, a weekly program about Beacon, um, where I interview folks in Beacon. There's a, a kinship between our two podcasts, and I think they also occupy different spaces in the community. So maybe we could talk a little about that. But um, I grew up born and raised in northern Michigan in a small town of about 1,500 people. So Beacon has 15,000 or so, so one-tenth the size of Beacon. I was just thinking, like, when you had said, you know, we occupy different spaces in Beacon, mm-hmm. and we always say, you know, it is 4.78 square miles. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you know, that just goes to show there's so much richness here. And then when you had said the 1,500 versus 15,000, I'm like, I guess we aren't as small as I thought. <laughs> no, I mean, Beacon, that's the weird, awesome paradox of Beacon is it's both a town and a city. And you can't deny either reality. Yeah. It's, bo- it's definitely both. Ooh. Um, he said town uh, and a city. Uh, that, that's a sore spot around here. Uh-oh. So my brother Did I step there. in? Did I step <laughs> in the middle of something right now? Yeah, my, we're, we're the second largest city in Dutchess County, and uh, we take that with pride. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah my yeah. brother tends to correct people, and they're like, you know, this town. He's like, it's a city. <laughs> and you just and you just kind of dispelled the whole, you know, the like the complete argument. It's both a town and a city. The I hybrid. like that. Because yeah. it does have both characteristics. Well, how about this? It's a city with the heart of a town. Ooh. Mm, mm. I'll think about it. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to think about it. Um, Second largest in Dutchess County. Also, the only other city besides Poughkeepsie. So, <laughs> <laughs> so number two, but you know, qualify it. <laughs> but I am, uh, I am a, a, a type of person that many people in Beacon will recognize immediately. I am the Brooklyn dad with a beard who moved here uh, fourteen years ago. Um, I, st- I've, I found the portal that is in the back of a bodega in somewhere in Ditmas Park uh, that connects directly to the janitor's closet at the old high school, and I just dragged my family through it. And then we were here, and, uh, you know, my kids were I two. I love that. They were like two. Narnia. <laughs> it is Narnia. It's Narnia. Um, my kids are twins, you know, boy-girl twins. My wife and I had met, met in Brooklyn, uh, and, uh, you know, our kids were born in Brooklyn, and they were two when we realized it's just too hard to make it work in the city. Um, we both 
are nature lovers and we wanted to be close enough that we could continue our careers that were connected to New York City, like so many people who have moved up in wave after wave. This was 2007. But also, you know, close to nature, close to a, a tighter community, which Beacon obviously had. Um, and I just, it was such an exciting discovery uh, to come here. I had been here once, you know, a couple of years earlier, but um, to, to come to Beacon and see what it had. And there was so much, the industrial kind of raw energy of it. Um, and then also the existing community. And um, so we moved up and, uh, and now my kids are 16 and driving and I'm doing, I'm podcasting cause uh, I need a, I need a hobby. Cause they, <laughs> they live in their rooms and I used to be all about kind of my dad role. And, you know, so I needed something to pour my energy into. And for various reasons, I settled on doing a podcast most of my work, like my day job, my career is around media, and that includes doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so I have uh, some knowledge of publishing and editing and podcasting, and I, I knew that I wanted to provide a, an information and knowledge resource for Beacon that I thought could hopefully connect people to each other and to learn something about what other people in this city are doing. Um, because I think there's a lot of really amazing people doing crazy and cool projects, but they're not, there are other, other people are not aware of those projects. I just think there's not enough of kind of publicity and awareness around some of what goes on in the city. So that's part of the reason I did it. Yeah. And I think that's a common trend that comes up. We, we always say around here with the, whether it's the County or the city of Beacon, we're resource rich or we have a lot going on but we're information poor. So like no one knows what's happening until it's actually happening. And it's like, well, I wish I knew about that. And um, communication is, is something that, that was definitely a driving force for us with I and Beacon, at least a collaborative effort, seeing what's going on. We do not like to recreate the wheel. We'd like to find out what's going on and just do our part to make it a bigger event if we can. So um, I, I definitely think we connect on that. But um, for your podcast, so when did you start it? So I started it one year ago, uh, a little over a year ago. My first guest was former Mayor Randy Casale. It was kind of an exit interview because he was just leaving that job. Lee Kiriaku was just starting. And so mm-hmm. I thought, hey, nice time to have, bring him on and like he can like spill. And, yeah. and yeah. He, he Dynamic bo- character, too. He sure is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I went on to interview a bunch of just a wide range of people, some of them elected council members. I had a couple of those on, business owners, artists, musicians. Um, clergy members, uh, and, uh, you know, people from all walks of life. I don't have any kind of specific idea for what I'm looking for. I want, Mm -hmm. I I do want to talk to people who are doing stuff that will be of interest to others. Mm -hmm. And there's, I, I'm sure you guys have your wish list for this podcast of like guests you'd like to have on. I have mine. Yeah. I have a couple. Yeah. I have a couple in my head. Yeah. This this place is uh quite interesting when it comes to who our guests are. Yeah. We 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 have our lists, we have our cloud lists and then we have our bumped into somebody. Yeah, and then we, we have, have our, our recommendations. recommendations. Oh my gosh, so. yeah. Yeah. It's uh you know, as soon as we have a guest and someone listens to her, they say, You know who you gotta get is yeah. you know, and like that's that's so much fun, right? Like to hear uh, who other people wanna talk to or hear from. Um and then even for us too, like it could be someone that, you know, is fairly well known. Um, but then when we get in here we just get into a conversation that folks are like, Wow, like I felt like 
I learned so much more about that person than ever before, which is quite special. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can I say about your podcast that I think you have just such deep roots in Beacon um, and it comes through with every episode. I think um, that's what I'm lacking with mine is like the historical awareness. 14 years. Sure. That's pretty good. I mean, I call it home. You know, I have roots down here, but you guys have, you know, from from being children and talking to, you know, your parents, knowing your neighbors, just a knowledge of a beacon that has existed for decades and decades. It's direct and personal. And that's what it comes through so much in your podcast is mm. that sense of the local history that, that I'm afraid is, is being lost. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. And that is really, you know, that's what really drives us, right? Like we are, what are we fourth generation Beaconites? Yeah. And, and, and what you're saying that I think that that is another common theme that keeps coming up where, um, when, when we had Denise Van Buren on, uh, the power of stories and in the history. And if we don't keep telling these stories, that's how you lose your history. So, um, that's something that I definitely pride ourselves on with this podcast is I try to think about, yeah, as I was growing up, who, who were the people that I leaned on or who, who were the people that, helped out uh with we're doing community things then when basically this technology wasn't available so i'm trying to draw those though they're in to hear their stories because so, i think that's going to give uh us as a community even a, a a richer feel you know more passion and more pride you know especially even for uh new people such as yourself um so uh 14 years is a long time so yeah if, you, if it's home to you it's home to you um i, I always said um you you have the power to move where you want to move um, but, uh, I appreciate, appreciate the words that, that you've said so far. Yeah. And the other thing too, so there's a couple things. One is, um, when folks ask, ask us, you know, what does I am beacon mean, right? Like it doesn't mean that you're, we're born and raised here. It's about what you're doing for this community right now. And, and, you know, what are you pouring your heart into to nourish this community? So, um, for those of you who don't know, the beacon is actually a full acronym, which is building, engaging, activating, communicating, organizing, and nourishing my community. That's what it means to be. I am beacon. Um, and so that, you know, to me, like you are beacon, you're 14 years strong, but you are beacon. Well, thank you. Thanks <laughs> for saying one. that. You, you know, are beacon and we're beaconites. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yes. Yes. Wait a minute. And this is beacon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we're, and we're going to get down to a little bit more about how you even get your guests. But yeah, let's but, start with the name. How, how, how did you go about on like wanting to call your podcast Beacon Nights? Oh, I was that was just I was just good. I was spinning my wheels. <laughs> I, I went through like 10, 20, 30 different names. And I was just like, none of them was any good. I would, I would give it, I would be like, that's the one. And then I would let me just sleep on it. Wake up in the morning. I'd be like, that sucks. Yeah. And so I, there is, uh, it's a process. Some dear friends of ours, their son, Henry, who was my son's best friend. One of his best friends. He, uh, he, has a knack for naming things. He named the family dogs. He named his father's business. He just, you could just say, what should I call this? And like, he's like the Oracle. <laughs> and we were, we were out to dinner and I was like, Henry, what am I going to call this podcast? Beaconites. And I'm like, that's it. It says it all in one word. Yeah. Um, now I'd love to hear what you guys think of the name because like to some people, that term is not a, like a, a great term for people who live here. It's not. Doesn't bother you? No, no. I, I actually I actually have a very close friend who's like gamer tag was like Beaconites like oh so like Beaconites I always thought was a 
a positive thing. I good, never, good, good, I never, yeah, yeah it's just and so it as a fight. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I think like definitely the older generation used to always say like, "Oh, I'm a true Beacon Knight." Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yeah. there's people who I know live in South Carolina right now, live in Florida, uh-huh. live in Georgia, who consider themselves Beacon Knights because yeah, they were right. born and raised yeah. and lived here for 30, 40 years before they moved. Um, and so we that, talk about the spirit that people take with them, whether or not mm-hmm. they're still here. They're still Beacon Knights at heart. Yeah, so that's why my next question was going to be, did you get any backlash with only being 14 years and then now naming your podcast Beacon Knight? <laughs> well, I'm not claiming to be a Beacon Knight, although I, I, I will take it since uh, Brooke says I am. But, uh, you definitely are. But um, no, I, didn't get, I haven't had any backlash on that per, per se. I, do, I am sensitive to the fact that I am creating a podcast that's representing Beacon. And I, I myself wasn't born and raised here. But, um, you know, I think for me... A big factor, you know, you talk about volunteering and giving and, you know, supporting and nourishing the community, yeah. being, the, being the mission. For me, I moved here and I never gave back for the first bunch of years I lived here. I just, you know, my job was linked to New York City um, and I benefited from the local kind of cultural richness, the, uh, the community aspects, uh, and I wasn't nourishing beacon and that was starting to bother me you know i think Mm. um and so i'm thinking what can i give you know aside from volunteering which we do um but i think this is something i can give and hopefully it will be a resource that's valuable to people yeah yeah and i also also want to qualify what that means right because you also mentioned that you have a set of twins True. Right. So you may have, you know, and this is for folks that are listening to, like, you may not feel like you're doing, you know, you know, some of the stuff that we're doing, right? Like, oh my God, you guys pulled together, you know, this big event or whatever that is. But if you are, you know, volunteering with the soccer club or you're, you're bringing your kids to some of these activities or, you know, putting them in, you know, enrolling them in all these activities and things like that, whether it's, you know, a, a, Beacon Rec program or a private program, right? You are nourishing this community because you're utilizing the resources, you're pouring back, and your kids are now becoming a part of the community and seeing and and developing relationships with others. Um, So, you know, I want to make sure I qualify that because I know it can sound like a big thing. Like, what are you doing? Oh, no. (laughs) Well, but that's that's well said, and I appreciate it. And I also think it's important for those of us, especially if we have more time on our hands because our kids As are... As you evolve, right? You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, any, any parent eventually gets to the point where they have more time. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm lucky that I've got... I survived that long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, there's always that point where they but, give you the stiff arm. Like... <laughs> yeah, And yeah. my daughter's eight right now, so I'm just, like, really cherishing the fact that she's like, Mom, you want to do this with me? Hey, do you want to see this? You know, but, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's going to come that day where I get the stiff arm. and I get the stiff arm now. <laughs> he's son, three. Yeah, he went, he's all about his mother. <laughs> <laughs> Just, <laughs> I got to force myself on him to get any sort of attention. So, <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, and, and they're, they're good kids. And we, we, dinner time becomes more important, you know, yeah. when they get older. You have, to, you, you have to bring that structure in. And, but it's certainly true that I have a little more uh, freedom in my life. Uh, so, you know, this is... Man, this was hard to pull off though. Doing this podcast, uh, my job with with my job, this podcast, family life, um, it can be a struggle. Like the website has not been updated in a month, even though I keep publishing podcasts. Uh-huh. 
So I, I, we didn't even get that far. <laughs> yeah. we, we just have one link. But you, you guys are take consistent. you to all of them. Yeah. yeah. We're like, listen, like we're 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 a, we're a we're a lean machine here, yeah. and it, so we'll get there one day. But and, but you're and, right. It, it you know podcasts are not easy. No, they're not. And and for you, like you know, you're essentially it's you and it's. Johnny, your producer, yeah, for the most part. Johnny Taylor, Beacon AV Lab. I have to give Johnny a shout-out because he is more than just uh, an an engineer. He's... he really has helped create the audio, the identity of the podcast because he he wrote the theme music that opens the... He and JY uh, uh, that opens each episode. So, And he also just has a voice and kind of how it uh, has developed over time. So... Uh, so I'm I'm appreciative of Johnny for supporting it, and uh, but can I say it's really nice to do one of these in person? Yeah, like, we are yeah. sitting in a room together. Yeah, it's exciting. My so heart's all racing. Of your, I'm like, have all of yours been uh, like virtual or since about last June? Like we kept pushing and did some in person. Um, maybe it was since April or May, but in any case, it that is it, difficult. You know, we do have a little setup, a little a little kit that I drop off on the porch of my guest for the week, and it has a USB microphone and headphones in it, so it helps us get a better quality result. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you, do, do, oh. do you do it on at least Zoom, where you can at least see them? Yeah, we use Zoom, or we use a service called Ringer, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it, it it generates not to get too technical here, but separate audio tracks. For, yep. Yep. For each. Person for editing purposes and everything. Yeah, so right this now. is your media background coming in. Because um, <laughs> well, you're saying all this stuff, and like you could see Ruben and I are like eyes glaze over. I hope Brandon knows. Oh, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm following. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I'm like, yeah, right, yeah. ringer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great one. <laughs> but like, when, so when, so going from your in person, you know, conversations, right? Like, Cause I know like for me, you know, with this podcast and like other projects I've worked on, like making that transition from in-person to zoom was kind of like demoralizing. Like it really kind of just like almost made me not want to do it. Cause it was just like missing out on that, that interaction. That's what like made me fall in love with podcasting was just being able to sit with a bunch of people in a room with a microphone and just, excuse my language, shoot the shit. Um, but then having to adjust to, to teleconference and video conferencing, was there, was there like a, a learning curve for you? Did, did you find it like you had to find more kind of oomph to, to kind of want to keep going? Yeah. Well, you know, at first I felt the same way. I was like, how am I going to keep doing this podcast? Is this it? Yeah. You know, is this the end? You know, because it just felt like um, less rich, less connected. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And um, I was just kind of heartbroken. And then. I mean, like all of us with our family, our extended families who we can't see, grandma's vulnerable, nursing home, whatever it is, it gets, you find ways of making the technology serve you better. Yeah. And then you eventually adjust, you adapt to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it no longer bothers you as much. (laughs) I mean, we're all changing uh, our relationship to technology dramatically faster during COVID than we would have um, under normal circumstances well the kind of sort of personal adaptation that we each have made is probably you know what we would have done given if we had 10 or 20 years to get used to this stuff yeah you know what i mean yeah we had to do it in a very short shot we did we did and so you know 10 months in now starting recording remotely 
I actually feel great about it. But it took me a long time to start to feel good. Yeah. Like, like this is an adequate substitute. Now, having said that, I can't wait to get back in studio. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess being here doesn't help. Uh. Oh, no, no, no. This is, my mouth is watering now. You know, sitting here with you guys is just, you know, yakking and flapping our gums. This is, this is such a treat. Hey. And, and, and tell us, how do you go about getting your guests? Has that been, or is, is that even a challenge? Or do you, well, do you pinpoint on? What Brooke said is, is true. Same for me. Like, there is this beautiful uh, kind of virtuous cycle that kicks in where people are like, start to recommend guests. Mm. Um, and that's awesome when that happens. Because you don't have to rely on your personal connections as much. Or cold calling somebody who doesn't know you. Yeah. You know, so I I much rather have an introduction. That's started to happen. And then I also try to think about who would who are people interested in? Mm. And who's who's exciting? You know, and so that would lead me to interview some people who I normally given my personal choice I might not interview. Snooky. I I I would like to interview Snooky just because she's Snooky and she's open. Yeah. She opened a business. So, so would Brandon. Even though that's not that's not my taste, but I think she would are you be sure. Yeah. <laughs> what, what tipped you off, Brooke? Was it yeah. my leopard print yeah. uh, tights? <laughs> well, you did say you crawled through the bodega in Brooklyn. Maybe, maybe yeah. a former life. I don't know. Well, I wasn't wearing these tights before I crawled into yeah. them. Oh. <laughs> I, for some reason, when I crawled out, I was. Um, no, but another one is uh, I've been thinking about is Roger. You know, who walks on Main Street, you know, who has a limp, you know, tall, tall African-American guy. And oh, yeah. He has to look for a lot of money and he's very controversial. Yes. If, you go, if you go on the Facebook Beacon New York pay group, mm-hmm. there, you'll see these long threads about Roger. Yeah. And I'm, somebody has said to me, you, you should interview Roger. And I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of issues there. Yeah. But that makes me there's a part of me that's like, you know what? That means I should interview Roger. You know, and I'm yeah. just saying this is a hypothetical because I haven't interviewed Roger. Yeah. And I haven't talked to him about coming on the podcast. But I kind of think if people are talking about Roger, maybe yeah. I should be interviewing Roger. You know, so there's a lot of things like that where I think if that somebody. an interesting one. If someone is relevant and a, an object of fixation or t- conversation, mm-hmm. then bring him on the podcast. Don't be too fussy about it. Let's talk. Yeah. What are you all about? Learn about people because. Part of what happens, as you guys know, is like, you know, that the Beacon New York Facebook group's a good example of this, is people end up taking sides and attacking individuals. And it's easy to do that online. Like very easy. It's it's the it's the it's a version of you know, it's the internet road rage basically is like so people are distant enough that they're not a threat to you, you feel okay lobbing grenades at them. Zero and risk, you know, all yeah. reward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think you can overcome that. Um, that unhealthy aspect of the internet discourse by just getting up close with people, having a real conversation. Cause mm. I don't believe there are good and bad people. You know, I think that even people who commit terrible crimes, transgressions, they got canceled by me too, whatever. Mm. They should be given an opportunity to um, make, to atone, to, to show that they can change. I think anybody can change. So yeah. I'm not against punishment, per se. Yeah. I don't want to come out that way. But I do believe we all need to try to keep an open mind. And there has to be a path back to forgiveness for people who are doing things or have done things that are unacceptable. I don't know if that 
resonates. But, oh, totally does yeah. uh, on many, many levels. I think the first thing is that, you know, yes, the internet is definitely the place where this is a version of reality and it doesn't have much depth, right? It's like binary, like either I'm for or I'm against it. Like that's it. That's the answer. Um, and I think, you know, and curious to get your thoughts. I think for me, I think that's why podcasts are starting to get this traction because people want to know more. They want to go a little bit deeper. And the reason why I personally love a podcast is because now I can sit and have a conversation or from a listener perspective, I can listen to a full dialogue about someone uninterrupted, not in this isolation, not in this snapshot. I seen you on that stop sign. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and now I have all these like conceived notions about who you are in this one moment, but I can really just absorb you in your fullness. And that's really what we're hoping to do here at This Is Beacon is really peel back the layer a bit to say, yes, this is what this person does, but most of the feedback that we get are from the off the cuff conversation around who the person is. And that I believe is what's going to continue to tell the story about our community and keep us more connected and knowing one another. So curious, what do you think is the reason why podcast because i think over overnight if well brandon wouldn't say overnight yeah (laughs) brandon has been trying to get us to do this for like five years (laughs) um but what do you think is the the pull for podcasts well i think um i listen to a lot my wife listens to a lot of podcasts and my daughter also listens to a few podcasts um and i i think for each person who listens to podcasts it's probably a little different um i like to be i you know i like to be educated so areas that are of interest to me it's a great way to sort of increase your knowledge uh whether that's cooking reading you know history or you know community in the case of your podcast and and beaconites as well um and i so i think it's a great way to just get gain knowledge yeah but i also i think podcasts have because it's you know, it's a person's voice. You know, they have the poss- the the uh, possibility, the opportunity to be very moving. You know, uh, it it can be a little hard to tease that out, but yeah. people are telling their own stories, um, and you, you you bring in voice, you bring in humanity, you bring in poetry. So, I think it's an art form as well as an information form, and it it depends on how you use it, I guess. Yeah. Um, similar to writing, but I think you know, big picture, like people are out you know, running, the commuting when we used to commute, you know, there's, there's all sorts of walking the dog, you know, cleaning the house. There's all sorts of time when you're moving your body, you're not sitting, working or, mm-hmm. you know, and so your ears are free, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a natural way for people to want to spend their time. I think there's an, unfortunately, I think there are so many great podcasts and it could be a little, a little overwhelming. It's, it's becoming times. like Netflix. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. also competing with mu- music. Heavily, yeah. There's like, I mean, the the way there's starting to be a a lot of money is starting to get thrown into podcasting, Um, and it's it is it is kind of scary now because like a few years ago it really was like the wild west. It was just kind of it was open, you know. Everybody was just kind of figuring out what they wanted to do, and then like within like the last two years, like Spotify is just no knock on Spotify because we do post on on Spotify. We are exclusively on Spotify. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the they, they, they kind of came in and started throwing money into this game. And now mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you're seeing a lot more podcasts popping up. Some last, some don't last. Um, and I don't, I'm still kind of figuring out like, what's the long-term effect of that. 
um, of just having so many come in and kind of oversaturating the market. But I also feel like that's what makes podcasts so great is that yeah. it's just like, and I think that's what makes it so powerful is that you don't have to be a professional to do it. Right. A lot like what you two, when you two first got big, like anyone could kind of just make something and just put it out there. And podcasting is awesome for that. Like when I first started podcasting, I didn't really care about the listener. It really was a way for me just to kind of hang out with my friends and like in a constructive way and just talk about whatever it is I want to talk about. And then it got to a point where it was just like, hey, like there are people who kind of who kind of like this, you know, like let's just keep doing it. And then from there, just kind of snowballed. And I think for a lot of people, like they enjoy that like organic connection that they get with a host or whoever's on that podcast. And we've talked a lot about just kind of growing. This is what I am Beacon, like everything has been organic and it's not forced. And it's like you grow, you keep all those mistakes in in the beginning because it kind of shows where you started and where you ended. And if it's a good story, people are going to are going to stay with you. So, yeah. And um Obviously, I'm new to the podcast world. Uh, Brandon introduced me to it a few years ago. Um, and just a lot of things just, I, I guess you could say uh, I, I'm a, in the class of the millennial, so I should be hip to the podcast. But uh, I, I think I have an old spirit, so like I get caught in like my olden ways. And then just being a little devil's advocate is just hearing uh, when, you, when you're talking about like just talking with your friends stuff, I'm saying like, well, the stuff that I used to talk with my friends about, I didn't want recorded. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, 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 so the social media, the podcast, the, 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 the new way of today, I'm, I'm, when, when I think about, like, 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 past, like, maybe when I was younger, I'm saying the game was different, you know? Yeah, yeah so absolutely. It, it, it has evolved over time, and then, yeah, now, now it's just a new time period, and I think that's, that's a big thing that, that um, we just need to recognize, the time period and the opportunities. So, like, the conversation that I'm having with youth today, like, like, I'm trying to get them into podcasting, um, into IM Beacon, um, helping us make sure that we know what's going on mm-hmm. that, as, as technology evolves and some of the new stuff that, that's still out there. But um, I think so, often what comes up is sometimes we get caught into a certain time period, you know, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I reflect a lot on, on my past just, just, just to keep me grounded, keep me humble, and, and let me know, like, all right, this is where I was. And also um, I, I'm, I'm still close to a lot of people that I grew up with. So, so I'll I, not only did, did I cross the tracks, but I'm trying to bring you with me, you know, <laughs> and um, I think podcasting it, it is a good wave of the future. Um, I always prided myself. I didn't really have a long commute for work, but uh, recently some things have happened and um, I do have a n- new employment that, that, that now uh, I do commute. And podcasting is a way to it's kill that downtime. It's the best for, you know? like, for commute. My, my, my fiance would tell you that I could not commute. She, she, she'd say I have road rage and I'd like, nah, I don't. But, um, but podcasting is now a way that and now when I'm, when, when I'm, when I'm driving half hour, 40 minutes is like, I'm already there. And then, and, and I, I don't think about the drive anymore. Yeah. You're just so, so much more calm. Yeah. You know, I've commuted for years and I think the podcast, I mean, sometimes like you're in the car and, you know, I think back to like, you know, like the serial craze, oh, right? That's what got me hooked. I remember, I remember <laughs> I would be like, oh my God, the, the office is coming up. I want to just finish the episode, you know? And then like you get out of the car, you put your headphones on, you keep going. Yeah. Like, I mean, like that, that podcast really, I think that was the one that was like, oh, this is a game changer for me. And similar to you, um, I'm a learner. Like when I'm learning, like people say, how do you relax? 
all the time, right? Like, oh, what do you do for fun? And we're going to actually ask you that question yeah. um, so you can answer when I'm done. And my my answer to that had always been that, like, I'm a naturally curious person, and so my brain relaxes when it's learning. So, like, if, it's a, if I'm watching something, it's a documentary, I'm the most relaxed. And with podcasting, it's like, you know – like name a topic. I don't, I don't care if it, you know, think about the GameStop craze that just went through, right? Like I would be that person that's like, what's this thing about the GameStop? And then, you know, an hour later, now I'm an expert in options and all this <laughs> other kind of stuff. Talking like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so for you, when you're not working, not podcasting, what are you doing in your free time? Um, so uh, I don't have a lot of free time. Uh, <laughs> if I hadn't done Deaconites, I would. So uh, it, sometimes I'm, I wonder what I was thinking, although I have no regrets. Um, I love to run. Uh, moving never felt worse after an hour of exercise, you know, mm. than I did before. Uh, and I think especially during COVID, you have to move your body, or you know, just uh, or you'll get depressed. I will. Um, and uh, and then you know, family is huge for me. So um, you know, I spend as much time as possible with my family outdoors. You know, we. Um, well, you know, we'll just hike around here, the highlands, you know, just walking around Beacon. So moving, You're moving like, this my, is why I came here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, boating. I uh, I had for le- for a couple of years. I had a sailboat moored down at Beacon Harbor. Uh, just this crappy nineteen foot O'Day sailboat, but it it brought me a lot of joy, you know, and I uh, got, I got to meet some folks in the Beacon Sloop Club scene, mm-hmm. uh, the crusty old folk singers and they're fun and, yeah. and hilarious. Um, and I'm going to hang on to that. The crusty old <laughs> folk singers. <laughs> it was like, as soon as you said it, like I totally painted the picture. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and so, you know, being on the water, just that's, that comes from my Northern mm. Michigan roots. Um, is big. I, I always want to be near water. And I think looking back on why Beacon really resonated when we came up here all those years ago, um, I think it may have been the, the mighty Hudson River just coursing by, you know, and uh, so that's big for me. Yeah, just being super close to it. And then, you know, the other thing that as you're thinking back, from when you first got here till now, there's been, you know, we talk about the change that we've gone through during COVID, but this community has changed, you know, even in your 14 years, right? Like it has, you know, fundamentally shifted, um, you know, from you and from your perspective, from what you came here, you know, like what are your thoughts in general from just what's evolved Boy, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's been remarkable to watch, um, and I'm obviously part of the change. Um, the I was, I guess you would call maybe second wave, 2007. I'm not sure, but there were like people like George Mansfield who came in the 90s, um, and so we came in the 90s too. You guys came in the from 90s? Brooklyn, yeah. We my family's from Brooklyn. Oh, is that right? Yep, yep, okay, yep. yeah, yeah. He, he's the one who built. The, the doorway, the Narnia doorway. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I thank you. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that we're obviously there's, there's a lot of upheaval and a lot of it people look on as a good thing. You know, there's more money, you know, so what does the money do? I mean, it increases the tax base of the city. 
So that's good because the city needs money to pay for all of these infrastructure upgrades that have to happen because all of the, you know, the plumbing is just old and broken. Mm-hmm. So for Beacon to have, you know, uh, to be a working, functionally working city, highways, you know, roads, you know, uh, plumbing, elect- the, just the infrastructure of the city. And I'm not an expert on all that stuff, but I know the money is needed for that. So the, And then the taxes also support the schools. So, you know, schools improve. Um, and then you have uh, sort of some of the folks who have owned their homes, who have lived here for decades, who are ready to retire. And their home, their retirement suddenly looks a lot better because they're selling their house for four or five hundred thousand yeah. dollars. You know, when they thought maybe they would get a hundred fifty out of it, if you know, if they had to guess two hundred years ago, two years, sorry, twenty years, twenty years ago. <laughs> I was like, what are these big nights? What was about? Now they've owned, their house, they've owned their house for two hundred years. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we're uh, special. We're not that special. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good news for those folks. And you know, we bought our house from a woman who was very near retirement, and this was, you know. It was a, a was and a even good, then good it was a her. good yeah even then I'm sure she was able to extract way more value than what she had originally thought but even yeah. since that time now imagine she hung on to that house until 2021 right 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 right, right. like phenomenal growth yeah. from that perspective for sure and we so that's the good and then there's the bad yep and I think we could all agree on some things I mean gentrification is replacing you know poor people people of color with rich professional class people with New York city jobs, you know? So I think it's going to, it's very hard today for someone who has a local job to afford beacon rent. And you're going to have to look at Wappingers. You're going to have to look at Fishkill. You're going to have to look at Newburgh, which yeah, the, I'd go a step further and say it is impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. And, and even some of the places that you're saying, because, because now even I'm in that category that you're speaking of, you know, yeah. and um, Fishkill, Wappingers, they're almost using Beacon as the template, like, uh, well, we're mixed with Beacon. Yeah. And I'm saying, and? Yeah, mm-hmm. you're seeing you know? that a lot in the home values, yeah, you, right? You, yeah, you almost need to go into maybe areas that haven't been um, uh, identified yet in a Poughkeepsie or a Newburgh. Yeah, Poughkeepsie feeling it. Yeah, no, I know they're feeling it. But, oh, yeah. you know, but, we, had, <laughs> yeah. but we also had Nikki here saying if you're yeah. in her ward, yeah, they're feeling it. So you might yeah. have to be up yeah. in her ward. That, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said uh, certain areas that haven't been identified. Yeah, yeah. Because um, right. I, I, I think cities like Newburgh and Poughkeepsie, those, those, those are great big cities with, with, with great buildings that when, when they go through the transformation of Beacon, they're going to be some beautiful cities. Um, I believe Poughkeepsie most likely would be next because the Metro North line is kind of like that golden ticket, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and and then Poughkeepsie has it just like Beacon has it. You know, you get right on the train and get back into the city. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're, you're probably right. Yeah, and I think the unique uh, pressure that Beacon's under is just the fact that we are, you know, we are tiny in comparison to those large cities, right? So, um, one, we were closer in the line, right? But then also, like, we already started with very low inventory to begin with because we're not that large of a city. Um, and that's probably, you know, and that's probably all the statistics that the developers come with to keep building up, right, with all these units mm-hmm. and things like that, because we do have a constraint on the number of units that are available here in Beacon. Um, yeah, and then we always hear urban renewal knocked it all down, so yeah. we're just trying to bring it we're back. We're just rebuilding. We're rebuilding. From we're, where we're not building, were. we're rebuilding. Yeah. Right, but that is a, that's something the city has to face. Like, if you are against big buildings with hundreds of units, 
then you are in favor of gentrification and the mm-hmm. loss of, you know, so I think you can't have it both ways. If you want to, if we want to bring rents down, we need to build a lot more units. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I for one don't want to live in a beacon long-term that is stripped of its diversity and its cultural kind of heritage and sort of, I mean, that's what I loved about beacon. Beacon is a snapshot of this country. Like, you know, I think in terms of like white, black, Latino populations, it's a, it's roughly, it roughly matches that yeah. of the United States as a whole. Mm. And I mean, coming from a super white place in northern, northern Midwest, I, that was so exciting to me, to, you know, and, and wonderful for me to start a family in a place that really embraces difference, cultural difference, racial difference. And then I think economic difference. I, you yes. know, I think, uh, I think the city needs to stay affordable. And I think if we have to accept a certain number of ugly high-rises to keep it that way, that might be... I mean, it's a trade-off nobody wants to have to make. <laughs> but I think it, that, it might matters. be something we should keep the door open to. Yeah, you know, I like that you said that because, you know, um, a couple things. One, for me, when I see these high-rises, like, they, um, you know, they, they try to to remain true to the look and feel Right. Yeah. Like it definitely feels like they're they're trying to be intentional and um, matching the city look and feel. Um, but the thing for me when I look at them and this is this is probably where I'm really going with this is like, but then they're extremely expensive. So then again, are we are we solving for the gentrification or are we just building units to try to attract once again you know, the same, the next wave gentrification where folks don't want to have, you know, yards to take care of. They want to have that same, you know, but I do like that you said that, right? Because we've been talking a lot about gentrification and, you know, what are the solutions? And I think you're onto something in terms of units. And, you know, there's plenty of other places in Beacon that you can build a high rise that, you know, is not on Main Street. Yeah, right. Yeah, place, <laughs> placement matters. Yeah. 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 Like, because that's the big thing. That's I think that's the bigger issue with folks. Folks are just like, uh, right here, and where are they going to park? Yeah. And yeah. who's yeah. actually moving into them? And I saw you built this two years ago. It doesn't even look like it's at capacity, you know? And then it's like, oh, but that's because they're for sale, not for rent. And if they are for rent, they're out of control. Like, it's like, it's as if, like, we have, you know, potential solutions Mm. but we haven't really thought all the way through to say you know be really intentional about what are we hoping to solve with this yeah because i think the same conversation is going to when they try to say well you know what x amount are going to be workforce affordable or affordable housing and then then you get into those metrics and it's like you know (laughs) no wonder why they're still empty affordable for who (laughs) (laughs) Median income of what? Yeah, right. You make one dollar, you you're disqualified. Wait, <laughs> yeah. what? Like, yeah, you almost need to have a family of five and 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 basically make no money to 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 have a decent apartment or a beacon. You know? Mm. Yeah, it's difficult. Kind of, but I mean, but I mean, at least you you really landed on me that there are potential solutions. But it's about really looking at looking at the issue dead on, right? Like, and and. What is the ultimate goal for me? I am aligned with you in the sense that I want to preserve the fabric of this community. And how do we do that in a way that is um, accepting of change, right? Because, and that's part of the reason why, you know, you're, you, you were like, I don't know if I'm a beaconite. Well, I think what we've learned is that we have to keep 
knowing our history and now you are a part of that history, right? Like you came here with a a certain intention in mind and all that stuff. And now you're pouring into this community and, it's, and the city is going to continue to evolve and all that stuff. Um, so now I think what we have to do is really kind of go back to the drawing board and say, what is our true North? What are the things that we're trying to preserve here? And then how do we best put the mechanisms in place to protect that? Yeah. And, and Brooke brings up an interesting point. Cause I think when you moved here, there's also that, uh, that nickname that I can think sparked a lot of conversation oh, yeah. about No Bro or North Brooklyn, which was, I, I, I know it definitely stung Facebook. me and, and, and put me at odds with uh, uh, some people that were moving in. Um, and uh, it wasn't until I actually sat down with somebody at, at the Roundhouse when the patio was just open and, and they were like, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. And then like I, I kind of got into the whole like. Let's talk, please, you know, because because uh, everything else been theories, you know, and, and and there was just this great divide of new beacon, old beacon. And then um, and she and she basically kind of she told me she was like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed with that, too. She like because I moved to beacon because I like beacon for what it was. I didn't move here to make the changes to where I left. So then I was so so she gave me a different perspective and and, and also opened my mind. And then now was, I was able to um, have that respect of, oh, you know. News articles. I, I shouldn't be motivated off of news articles or just a nickname or, or Facebook or, or yeah, social media. <laughs> right, right. Um, right. So, what, 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 I used to what feel was your that, perspective, uh, like moving into Beacon and even as Beacon was changing? I used to feel what you're describing the old Beacon, new Beacon kind of te- tension a l- more than I do now. Like I, I just don't. Maybe I feel like old Beacon now because like there have been waves of people that came after. Even though, uh, so even, I'm like, even though you Ew. do wear, no, just kidding. Even though you do wear the uniform, I do. <laughs> well, I came out of the portal with like a whole suitcase. <laughs> it had all kinds of things in it, like flannel. And, like, this is a children's book in the making, by the way. <laughs> yep, yep. No, but when I, I I remember going online, the Beacon New York Facebook group did not exist in 2007. That I I know of, maybe it did. Yeah, and, but, and, and but I, there was there were like there was another there was a website called Beaconites. I you know like around then and oh yeah, there, there was like, was a, like a citizen like a something to Beacon Citizens Network. Yeah, and then there was another website actually weirdly, like weirdly called Beaconites, com, but that was around. Yeah, but um, the Beacon Citizen Network, they, there were like some little like flame wars playing out there. You know, um, I never got too drawn into it. I um, but I definitely was aware of it. The no bro thing, I always felt like that was some a term that was invented by real estate agents, like or, you know. But uh, and, and it could have just been a, a, a title. I, I believe it was in New York Times. Okay, uh, yeah. Well, every one or two years, the New York Times writes a story as if they just discovered Beacon. <laughs> you know, they do. Yeah. They do, and it's like, it's like the little city on the Hudson. And yeah, it's just like, and it's always like yeah, you did that story twelve months ago, yeah. <laughs> and it's like beautifully described. I'm like, man, I want to go to this place, and I'm like, oh wait, <laughs> I'm right here. Okay, yeah, and 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 even when you're talking about like the the Facebook uh, websites now, I, th- I think there's like six different like like when you when you keep referring to it i don't even know which one you're referring to because i think there's like four of them i don't even when, when i try to look onto them i like i'm not even members in some of them or you got to ask to be a member in some of them so i i just let that one go off word of mouth i don't <laughs> yeah but ruben i think what you're saying though i think it's very important that people who are moved here recently listen and be respectful and 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 create the space for people who have lived here all their lives or for a long time to tell their stories and to believe this, those stories, you know, to acknowledge that 
when the community you grew up in transforms before your eyes, that's it's, that brings on all kinds of yeah. emotions, you know, and, and it's a relatable story, and it's, a, and it's loss, yeah. You know that my the town that little town in the northern Midwest I grew up in hasn't changed much. Like I could go back there anytime I want and experience it, and I go back once a year at least when there's not a pandemic going on. Um, but and people d- people who grew up in Beacon are losing something, and I think that that you have to be respectful that you know acknowledging that and just accepting that you're you're actually part of it. The reason, you know, and I think that, so I just think you have to, it's the same, it's similar to the Black Lives Matter yeah. movement. Like people, privileged people, white people need to listen. Mm. And, and, and um, like I said, the conversation that I had with that individual um, also gave me a, a respect for this movement, uh, this Brooklyn to Beacon, where it wasn't like, oh, well, it's not really a takeover. Like yeah. she, she said she visited, she liked this, she wanted to move, she wanted to move here, she wanted to grow her family here. Because um, there, there was a small window that no one talks about anymore, but like, it also could just be in my own head, though. But there, there was like this Westchester movement, from Westchester to Beacon First, and a lot of them, uh, a lot of people that, that I was meeting that, that were from the Westchester area, they were actually trying to get things implemented within the city. And then when I was like, well, that's new. We, we we never had anything like that. And they're like, well, in Westchester, they, they have this. Well, those things cost because some of the things that they wanted to bring in, I'm saying the, the, a lot a lot of things have a cost to them. And I'm saying, well, why would you leave Westchester? Well, Westchester was getting too expensive. <laughs> resources come with dollars. Westchester got expensive. Now you want to come here and bring the same resources. It's only good. And then when things weren't moving as fast as they thought it should, they were moving. Mm-hmm. See a lot of people from Brooklyn, they moved in and, and they're still here. Like, like that that individual I had that conversation with. I I I, I see her constantly today. Um, we're friends on Facebook now, you know. So, um, but but like that, that Westchester movement, I think, I think also annoyed me too because when it was when Beacon wasn't changing to their liking, they set things in motion and then moved out. And then if anyone knows anything in politics, once you set something in motion, it could take a few years before it actually happens. But then now there's times of resources being implemented on something that. Now you're not even invested in. That's why another thing we pride ourselves with Iron Beacon is no. What are you doing? You you sit on that planning board. You sit on these committees. You 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 help do something because people, which I definitely shut down, is when they they always want to give you the you know what you should be doing or you know what you need or you know what Beacon needs. No no no. I, Beacon I, needs you. Yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. That, that's what we said. Oh you know what? Yeah, let's do it together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I think with all the change coming, um, it, you know, I appreciate you saying that there is a loss, right? Um, and I think that's where a lot of the emotion comes from, particularly in the old beacon, right? Because let me tell you something, when we were growing up, it wasn't necessarily a place of, you know, where we, we could point to all these beautiful things and say, this is why we have pride here. What we had pride in was each other. What we had pride in was the fact that, you know, whether it's, you know, going somewhere or doing something or the, you know, the BCC bus taking me to the Bronx Zoo or whatever that was, right? Like Mm -hmm. you built such connections with people that you did feel like family. Um, And Brandon, I don't know if that was a difference for you when you moved up, but for us, for us, it, you know, I, you know, when I went to college was when I was really appreciative of it, right? Because I would, you know, I talked to, I get to know friends and all that stuff. And I would be like, man, 
I have friends that are closer to me than you are with your own sibling, you know, because this place was built on families that had very deep connections and ties with one another. Um, and to now, and the, and it wasn't a, um, intentional thing. It wasn't, Hey, come to my house or, Hey, come do this. It was, Oh, I just walked down main street. You know, like I just ran to the grocery store and ran into so-and-so or so-and-so. Right. And, and today, and I think that's the loss that we're experiencing because it was the weekends where people would see one another. And now today we get, we, we, you know, the weekend comes and we're like, Whoa, what is this wave of folks that are just like, you know, parking everywhere. And, um, just the amount of visitors that come in just breaks that down a little bit that you don't then get to have those organic connections that you once had. Yeah, so many thoughts uh, on that, but I, yeah, well said. And you had, was it Pastor Bell last week? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and you were talking about this, like you, you knew, like if somebody knew you, they would say something to you, you know? And I think Brandon, you had a story about, there was a bodega that you used to yeah, after, you, yeah. got, you got a little bit of like trouble or stuff. And yeah. like, you popped in there and then, the owner called your family and, you know, people were on hand to assist. And I think I, I experienced what you're talking about just over this past summer, because just the influx of COVID refugees, you know, I was like, I remember going for a walk and I'm like, I walked the length of main street. I didn't see anybody I knew like, and I probably just a fluke. Like usually I would, but I was like, I don't know. And like, yeah. you know, it was, a, it was disturbing. It hits you a certain way. Just like, yeah, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, there's plenty of people we all know and love walking around, we see them shopping and, yeah. you know, whatnot. So that community is still there, but, that, but, but it's, it's reduced, you know? Yeah. And, and you know what it does really? And, and this is what I've been telling myself is that as with anything, right? Like with change comes, you know, challenge Mm -hmm. and the challenge now on us is to be more intentional the challenge on us now is to say okay well now you know that this is a visitor town how are you going to leverage these resources so that you can maintain those connections and for me on the other side of covid the way that's going to manifest is how do we support local businesses on off nights right like on that tuesday that you know nobody's coming down you know how do we you know plan something, you know, whether it's with friends, family, or something more big, like bigger, like an IM Beacon networking event or something like that, so that we can continue to nourish those relationships with one another. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's bringing, it's not that the folks aren't here. It's just, you know, and I know a lot of folks definitely don't feel welcomed to Main Street for that very reason, right? Um, you know, I think about my own grandmother and, you know, it's intimidating. It's intimidating for her, you know, to say, oh, I'm going to run down to Main Street on a Saturday in the middle of the day because, you know, like now there are so many more people and is she going to get a parking spot and, you know, is it going to be too crowded and all that stuff? And, and that's a huge change. Yeah. I, and then what you say that I kind of, it kind of makes me think of uh, that, Jay-Z bar when he was like, I'm, I'm a stranger in my homeland. I'm a stranger in my own land. I'm feeling like Brody from homeland. Mm. And it's like, yeah, like um, you, you can get that sense. And I think you, I think you are also correct with, uh, I think uh, emotions were, were, were dr- definitely run high in, um, 
here in the city. And that's, that's one thing that we pride ourselves on, you know, and then that's kind of like some of the reasons why I do what I do to just try and stay out there and stay relevant just to see what's going on. Cause even for a time period of the transition, I remember I used to talk with people that I, that I knew and then, and they would have their uh, grievances and gripes about, uh, for whatever reason. And then like, I would ask them like, when was the last time you were even on main street? And they're like, Oh, it's been years. And then I was like, well, yeah, you didn't even know there was a toy store there. You didn't know this store was there, you know? So it was kind of like that. Also that lear- learning curve to appreciate also what is here. And then, like Brooke's saying, like how, 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 how do you capitalize on the fact that people are, me and my fiance travel a lot. So traveling and, and, and seeing a lot of other communities and a lot of other places and a lot of other countries definitely give me even more pride and passion about being like, We've been to a lot of places. I'm not going to name them all, but my We'd grand be here all day. <laughs> my, my, and, 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 and and my grandfather was right. He every time I talked to him be, before he passed away, he used to always say, "There's no better place than Beacon." And and he was absolutely right. Even if, even when we travel and we like certain things about certain places, it was like, "Well, you know what? We could get that in Beacon." Like we, always, I always felt like I'm ready to go back home. But you got to get away to, to know what's to really out there, appreciate to that. appreciate what's here, you know. So I, as things were changing, I think also what hit me in the beginning was um, as, as the change was happening and, and people were saying, well, you know what, this is going to be better for a community. For me being young and, and now just trying to understand things, I didn't understand that. I, I, I kind of took that as disrespectful because to me, the community was always, was, was always great. Right. So, what do you mean, make it better? You know. Yeah. And uh, I, I could tell you a unique story uh, with, with uh, what popped in my with, head. With, 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 uh, it, it was actually um, Mansfield. I had a conversation with, and then he was like, "Well, do you want crackheads all on your main street?" And that's how I grew up. So I was comfortable. I was like, "Yeah, if, if, <laughs> sure." I, I was I was already comfortable with it. And it was like, "That's that's the normal beacon." So I'm not understanding why I wouldn't. You know, and, and, and that's that that's keeping affordable for me to be here. Back you to know? that diversity. But 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 <laughs> but, but, but now like um un- understanding how society works. My major was sociology. So as as vegan was transforming, I, I was growing at the same pace. And one thing that I seen early and, and it was probably about the same time that you moved here, because uh I, I came back from DC, Maryland era in two thousand area in two thousand seven. And I kept saying, with city like comes city problems. So as as we want to grow and we want to open up storefronts and just understand we need to make sure that some of the things that you were talking about, um, make sure that we have the services to combat that. Because at the end of the day, Beacon has also been great for the quality of life to, to its residents, you know. So um, I, I applaud the work, the things that have been going on in Beacon, but um, I, I think that's why I do what I do now. I'm saying we, we have to do our part to keep that history, you know, and, and that's definitely what um, I pride myself with this podcast on. And I'm going to make sure the, the people that I knew that I grew up and I used to see around that are still around. Those are my targets to get in here. Yeah. And also too, just like bringing in the perspective, right? Because I could see a lot of folks thinking that, you know, like, oh, it's just great for you. But even you are now experiencing some of these issues with gentrification. Um, so, I mean, what's heavy on your heart now as you look forward um, to what may be? Well, I, you know, I think um, you know, the gentrification piece is big. But for Beacon, I, I'm, I think that the, the need for community is a natu- it's a, that's innately sort of human. And I don't think you can do, the, do away with it. I think right now communi- the, the community that has, you know, lived and thrived in Beacon for decades is challenged um, by 
gentrification, but also COVID, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, we've lost so much uh, of the communal experiences that make life worth living. But that that's coming back. I mean, yeah. it's going to come back. Mm. I think that we that's just something we need to live. Yeah. And so I think that um, another six months to a year, you're going to start to see people meeting. You're going to start to see new venues where folks who care about Beacon had to share similar interests will meet and talk and great things will happen. So I'm actually not pessimistic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that Beacon will, you know, continue to thrive and be strong and not only because there's money coming in, but also because it just has a huge heart and a lot of people who care about it. So that's, uh, that's my feeling. And, you know, Ruben, I really think it never sits well when someone new comes in and says they want to fix something. You know, it's like, yeah. you, be, you better learn what this is about before you make changes, you know. So I, I feel that, that emotion, you know. Yeah. 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 The one thing I'm looking forward to on the other side, and I think it's going to help with this conversation about uh, building up the community, is uh, our festivals. Mm, right. Oh man, I mean, that was huge now. <laughs> but I mean, but, those, but we've had we have so many staples like that that you know. I remember when I lived away, when I lived in the D.C. Maryland area, I would always come back for this the Strawberry Festival. Like yeah. that was like, and always come back for Spirit of Beacon Day. It didn't yeah. matter if you were away at college or whatever. Like those events were like our community reunions. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. And pub crawl, but we ain't gonna talk about that. Listen, yeah. listen, pub, pub crawl was where it was at. To, but listen, the, 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 the next the next evolution in my head is a podcast festival. That's where that's okay. where we need to take this. Mm, okay, that's where we need to take this. That's where the wave is yeah. coming from next. No, this was awesome, and thank you so much for stopping by. But um, before we go, there is one question we did not get to. <laughs> And and before Brandon gets to that question, I just yeah. want to, you, you mentioned that you're from a small community in Michigan. Um, and I was on my phone because I, I, I needed to ask this. Um, it's not Kalamazoo, is it? No, no, it's not Kazoo. It's, <laughs> it's further north than that. It's, uh, okay. No, I, I only ask because uh, I don't like, know. Because it's like, fun to say. He's but, like, I've been there. And, and, and I also, no, I also don't know if people watch The Neighborhood with uh, Said the Entertainer. And like, that's like me and my friends, we love that show. And we watch it. And like the neighbors who moved in, that's where they're from. So like he, he always brings it up. And I was like, when, when you said Michigan, I was like, yeah, if he says Kalamazoo. <laughs> like, this is a sitcom. Like, because to him, movies are real. Yeah, yeah. They are. Yeah. They absolutely are. Um, and the town is called Harbor Springs. And it's... Uh, it's on the very, you know how Michigan is shaped like a mitten? Yeah. It's on the very northern. Oh, you can go ahead. It's on the very northern, uh, northwestern corner of the, the mitt, okay. if you will. So uh, it's a beautiful place. It's uh, close to just immense amounts of water. And, um, and it's, it's a gorgeous landscape that's not unlike maybe in northern Vermont, kind of. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 nothing against Kalamazoo. I just <laughs> shout just out. Just hoping it might be the place. <laughs> I, 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 say, I know someone from Kalamazoo. Yeah, yeah. Because I just need to, that. Like when people are like you know sitcoms and movies aren't real. I'm like no, yes they are. Look, <laughs> look it. Nah, but uh, uh, yeah. So Brandon will wrap it up with uh, his question. Yes. So Zach, we here at I Am Beacon, we like to refer to ourselves as the Avengers of this city. So with that, my question for you is this. 
If you were to be recruited, what would your superpower be? Ooh, my superpower. Um, I would probably say my uh, personal curiosity. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm just naturally interested in people and uh, human affairs and nature, just various facets of of our society and reality. And so I think um, you know that's what helps me do the Beacon Ice podcast effectively. Is like anyone I sit down with, I'd like to try to burrow in a little bit to their experience and understand them a little better. And so. I'm going to throw that out. Curiosity. Okay, I like that. Curiosity. Like get that. your, yeah. get your, get your that's car. A new one. That's a new yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have to have you back because have, I have so many more questions. Yeah, too. for sure. We could definitely this keep going. But especially, I, I, especially with all the topics that we learn from our guests. Yeah. I would be uh, honored to come back. I'm just so delighted to, to come on and talk to you guys. And I hope we can do a crossover episode where you all come. Oh, come on the, of course. Come yeah. on the Beacon Ice podcast. Of course. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, and you can show us your little process of the kits that get dropped off at the house. I only have one, but <laughs> we, we might have to record it here. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so. we definitely have to do that. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But congratulations on uh, everything you guys do at I Am Beacon and the, the wonderful resources you provide this community, and including this podcast. It's great. Yeah. Uh, thank you, and then thank you for your time. Yeah, uh, and before you go, I want you to let folks know how to what you where you want them to go. I know you said you have your. Oh website yeah, thank you. Yeah, let me plug. Yeah. You know, the uh, the website is beaconites dot com, uh, and then the podcast can be heard basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. So that's Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or any other podcasting app. Um, and then, uh, you know, on Instagram, we are at beaconites underscore podcast. So. Yeah, nice. check it out, everybody. Uh, and then if you listen and there's something that resonates with you, shoot me an email. My email is Zach, Z-A-C-H, at Beaconites.com. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And make sure you, you know, right now, guys, we'll pause. We'll give you some time. Ten, nine. <laughs> for <laughs> well, you to go you over. You can push pause. For you to go over. <laughs> for you to go over. No, you can do it while you're listening. Go over, like, subscribe, do all those things, right? Because we already know. I already know what it is. You're going to get to the end of this episode, and you're going to go on with your day, and you're going to say, oh, yeah, that's right. I meant to do that. <laughs> yeah. So go do it right now. Once you subscribe, then at least it'll prompt you to let you know that the next podcast is up and running. So thanks again for stopping by, and we look forward to our crossover episode. That'll be fun. We'll be on the other side of the questions. (laughs) So scary. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much, guys. I really had a lot of fun. You have been listening to This is Beacon, a dynamic duo hi-fi production in association with I Am Beacon, a nonprofit organization 